tell you what Christmas is all about? It's the No Councils for Old Men 2016 Holiday Extravaganza. Holy Grail of Christmas gifts. What would you like for Christmas? Ho, ho, ho. Hey, you're in Alberta, right, Elaine? I am. Edmonton, Alberta. Cool. Excellent. All right, let's go. So are we dealing with three time zones now? Yeah, I mean, this is like, this is our yeah. most international show ever. It's awesome. Cool. Um, we we need just get like Matt Ev or, or the Leyland down here and then be, you know, actually. He's the same time zone as me. Well, yeah, yeah. But we do have, we have <laughs> a listener and uh, I don't know if he listens to this one, but we have a listener in Australia. And I should be saying this all in show because it's mildly interesting. So here we, we go. We can cut and paste if we need to. Happy holidays and welcome to No Councils for Old Men, the official holiday show, I guess. And, you know, I'm not going to be that PC. We will try to wish everybody their individual, so I guess I am being PC, everyone their individual holiday. You know, so happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy Yule to my pagan friends, and anyone I'm missing out there, I apologize profoundly. So, so that's a festivus feast of the festivus, winter veil. Yes, uh, <laughs> sure. Said so just all of the above is what we're going to say to you, so we don't piss off anyone in this touchy little world we live in. Um, but I'm Scott McGregor, as usual on this this show called No Councils for Old Men, and I'm joined with my regular co-host uh, David Walker from Belfast, Ireland. Police Navidad. That too, absolutely. And our special guest this week, this month, it's kind of a monthly thing, is Blaine, uh, Blaine Dowler. Sorry, I already butchered your name, Blaine. That's okay. My grandmother did it, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've heard you on several Two True, Fre- Two True Freaks things you know, over the recent months and years. So why don't you just tell us what else you've been on on the network? Uh, yeah, if you've been listening to the network for a while, you've probably heard me most often on Listen to the Prophets. I also filled in for Dave on three episodes of Dave's Daredevil podcast before that joined Two True Freaks. I discussed Keza Vandrozani on Who True Freaks. I w- stepped in for one of the stories in the 80-page giant Green Lantern number three for just one of the guys. I was in the episode following Scott's episodes of Keep Them Flying, the Serenity and Firefly podcast. I was the one that discussed the film. And I've recorded a, an unreleased episode of another series that I'm not going to spoil. I'll leave that for, you know, the guy who's running that show to announce at the Ooh, time. Cool. But he told me we can expect it in January. Excellent. Cool. Well, it's great to have you here. Um, we put out a little... I, we, I'm trying to get this back on track. This is... As anyone who knows who listened to our zombie show, this is kind of the new incarnation of No Councils. Uh, we're trying to get it back on track for a monthly show. We're almost there, so this is kind of be our official December, beginning of January show. I'm definitely going to get this out before the beginning of the year. Um, so, didn't really feel like getting into a specific topic. Um, 
because that requires more research than I have time to do right now. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just like, hey, let's do like a holiday wish list, you know. Uh, let's write our, our letters to Santa or, you know, Father Christmas or Krampus or whoever we want to go for. Um, and just kind of talk about what we are looking forward to in the upcoming gaming season. Um, and why don't you give us actually a little more background on yourself, on your like gaming history, Blaine? Um, you know, what, what are your roots and you, what are you playing now and, you know, what games are you into in general? All right. I actually started gaming with the Commodore 64 back in the day. Yeah. Logged a nice. lot of hours on that Ghostbusters game. One of the <laughs> first licensed games that was actually fun. Yeah, that it was actually took a really Way good too game. long before that became a common thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, from there, I basically graduated to the 8 bit Nintendo, then to the Super Nintendo. I was PC for a while. A lot of RPGs in there, so the original Dragon Warrior, although I couldn't get my hands on the sequels for the Nintendo, I've got them for iOS now. Lots of Ultima games, some of the Sierra point-and-click games, uh, a lot of the Final Fantasies along the way. Uh, Mega Man was the only real action platformer that I was really into, was that series. And then picked up a PS2 because... You know, I skipped the PlayStation generation thinking life's too busy to play games, but by the time the PS2 came out, I found it was backwards compatible. There were just too many Final Fantasies I'd missed. <laughs> Speaking of Final that. Fantasy, man, you should have heard the uh, the outtakes. These two nerds talking about Final Fantasy before we got oh, out, and I was just completely out of my league. I felt embarrassed to be technically the, the host of this, this podcast. These two should be handling it, but... <laughs> That's why he yeah. established his creds. He came in here, established himself as, as, as the game player we needed, and that's why he's on the show. So thank you for that. Oh, and continue. Um, but yeah, from there, it's been basically PS2, PS3, uh, PS4. Getting into Steam, but a lot of that are, you know, sort of the retro versions of those those franchises I grew up with. Because I, yeah. I know how much time can be sucked into video games, and I've got a full-time job that I really care about and do not to risk whatsoever <laughs> so um, some of the franchises that already had a hold on me I'm still following but I've been kind of hesitant to try new ones yeah I, I feel that and I, I have no life whatsoever to be concerned with as far as work uh, in, well, mostly uh, do you ever pop on to GOG at all GOG.com yeah I've gotten some uh, games from them and yeah I've, yeah I've actually got some of the Ultima games through GOG Right. Yeah, so. I sp spotted them in the sale a couple of days ago, and I've, I figured I should mention them just in case they were still there. <laughs> okay, I didn't know about a sale. I picked up the, actually got the um, the Ultima Dreams, right? It's like the, the Martian Dreams and things like yeah, that wow. a while ago. I didn't know there was a new sale. I should I check it out. About that one. It, it might have finished up, unfortunately. Um, okay. I, w I was meaning to get the uh, Forgotten Realms type stuff, you know, Baldur's Gate. Yeah. Baldur's Gate 2 because it's been a while since I played them and they've updated them slightly so I'd like okay. to play those again you know I grabbed the updated versions of those a little while back uh, through GameStop I think they were they're nice man I couldn't <laughs> again they were like wow I bought them and then I'm like uh, I remember how much of this my life sucked away the first time around when I played it and so yeah. I, I didn't get into it very far, but I own them. They're sitting there. Well, yeah, it's it. They're actually, I think, one of the signposts you could show about how the attitudes towards games have shifted. Nowadays, everyone's demanding open world, and when Ultima's launched, they were open world. Like, look yeah. at 
Ultima 6, it was very open world. Everything is one-to-one scale. You walk around the entire country as you need to, and people complain that the game took too long to play because of it. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Holiday wish list. Essentially, I asked you guys to look at some of the press uh, on upcoming games and kind of pick and choose what you might have your eye on. And uh, because cynical old bastard I am, gripe about the ones that I won't be able to play because... My PC probably won't be able to handle them anymore. Uh, getting to that point, um, who wants to start? Just basically what you're uh, looking forward to. I found us three websites uh, for some reference, and we should give them props. Uh, GamesRadar.com, um, PCAdvisor.com, which is a UK site, actually, and mm-hmm. uh, TrustedReviews.com, which just had, like, you know, they've got their main ones, like, everyone's looking forward to these. And um, trustedreviews.com just has a ridiculous list of uh, of upcoming games, most of which I've never heard of, and some with some really enticing, pretty titles. So as usual, the show is not have enough time to cover everything of the topic that we choose, so we'll do our best for you. But Blaine, since you're our guest, we'll throw you right into the fire. I'll just demand that you go first and talk about just a few of them that you're looking forward to and thinking of either purchasing or just, you know, doing like I do and watch YouTube gameplay videos and drool and wish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm, like I said, uh, there's been a few franchises that have me and Final Fantasy is one of them. So that Final Fantasy XII Zodiac Age that Trusted Reviews is talking about, the revamp of Final Fantasy XII definitely has me. Partly because my, I'll get one of the first wave of PS3. So it was a launch one when it's still backwards yeah. compatible. I no longer have the PS2 and my drive spindle's going. So I need to be able to find another way to play my PS2 and 3 games. And oh, gee, I'll just have to upgrade that Final Fantasy game. My PS3 died and it annoyed me because that's where my save game for that was and I got it replaced got a new one and then about a year or two later it died so I just bought a completely new PS3 the slim one which didn't do backwards compatibility it's very sad tell you what guys I don't know how the pickings are in your guys' countries but garage sales just from garage sale gloat adventures are just full of old you know consoles that people (laughs) you know even fairly new ones as soon as a new one comes out they're like yep Let's get ten bucks for that one and and have done with it. So happy hunting. It's, okay, yeah, it's something I haven't looked into, but I probably should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've just released a new version of the PS4, a bigger, stronger, more fast PS4. So they might get the older ones out in the garage sales and whatnot now. Yeah, because I think there's now three versions of the PS4. There's the one that's pretty much comparable to launch. There's the you know, sort of the discount model, slightly trimmed down, and then there's the one you're talking about. I think is the one that's 4K Ultra yeah. HD compatible, right? That would be the one. I think it's also slimmer, probably, because that's how these things tend to work. You have the yeah. fat one, then the thin one. Yeah, as they figure out how to integrate components and make them cheaper. Mine's a bit of a cheat. It's not technically a game. It's an expansion pack for one I've already got, and I figured continue on the theme. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood is coming out this year. It's adding on a bunch of stuff to a game I pretty much am constantly playing on PS4. So, yeah, another kind of 10 levels for me to level up every single job in that game. And a new area to explore. Should be a lot of fun. New jobs to train up. So, 
I'm looking forward to that one. Plus, um, in February, I'm flying out to meet a bunch of people who play it with me online over over in Milwaukee. So that should be fun too. But yeah, I'm still waiting on various details as to what's going to be showing up in it. But most importantly, the inventory system will be expanded. I will have more space to put all of the crap I'm gathering. Uh, one I just saw uh, going through these lists that made me instantly start salivating um, was Agents of Mayhem. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is, I didn't realize till I think I'd read a quick blurb on it before, so I was keeping my eye on it. Uh, it does say it's coming out for the PC, but I didn't realize it was made by Volition. Volition, I guess it is? Um, who made the Saints Row games, and uh, which are kind of crazier versions of the Grand Theft Auto franchise, um, for those of you not familiar with it, and and they're a lot of fun. And they have some a surprising amount of good music and like voice actors. And Saints Row Four, which was semi most recent one, uh, was essentially a superhero slash the Matrix hybrid type story that had some of the best like superhero powers type play that I think I've ever experienced in a game. In particular there was a super speed option that just completely made you feel like the Flash. (laughs) And so for them to be you know, doing a straight superhero game is just yeah, that's uh, pretty much a must buy for me and I'm hoping it's still within the realm of my computer's graphics capabilities. I mean, I know it is, but not without risk at this point. <laughs> you know, I need to put like a huge ice pack behind uh, my laptop before yeah. I start any such endeavor these days. Um, but yeah, Agents of Mayhem uh, to be announced uh, 2017, apparently. Uh, that's definitely going in my uh, wish list. So, give us another yeah. one, Blaine. Okay, yeah, so another one, again, similar theme. I'm going for Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. which is one of the ones that's coming up on one of these most anticipated lists and I've just had a lot of fun you got the Fran- Final Fantasy games uh, Disney games have often been good not always and I'm looking at you Mickey Mouse Capade but they've <laughs> often been good and the Kingdom Hearts ones have done well Square's actually got a good history of borrowing other people's properties and doing well with them with the uh I think the first I was aware that was the Super Mario RPG, the yeah. right, Legend of the Seven Stars. They basically took the Mario characters in, so yeah. Now the Kingdom yeah. Hearts games have been nice, and I'm hoping because Disney now owns so many products yeah. that we're going to start seeing them branch out like they did with the Infinity games. And you know, there's no reason I I can think of aside from maybe the way their deal is phrased with Square is, you know, if Square's open to it, there's no reason I don't see them starting to be able to start integrating Marvel and Star Wars characters into there as well. Big Hero 6 and Tangled, I believe, are confirmed for it. They are, yeah. At least Uh, according to PC Advisor. Yeah, so at least a little bit of Marvel. At least a dash. (laughs) It is, because Big Hero 6 started as that six-issue miniseries of Marvel, but it's not really part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They said, you know what, that belongs more in Disney proper than Marvel. Yeah. Still at the Stanley cameo though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Uh well no consoles actually did a Disney game um podcast a while back that Mr. Walker here mm-hmm. um guested on I, and we uh talked a lot mm-hmm. about Kingdom Hearts stuff and I just wonder man, I hope uh we also talked Disney Infinity, which 
looked very, very promising at that point, and then essentially <laughs> failed, like, literally months later. And it was kind of strange that, that it went down that way. Um, so I'd be surprised, although happy for y'all who are Kingdom Hearts fans, um, if Disney would kind of commit to doing the cross-universe thing again, but... Uh, yeah, I hope so. It, it depends on why Infinity failed. I mean, it's... Yeah. It, it was popular, but I suspect part of it, at least anecdotally, talk, I'm in education, so I talked to a lot of parents and kids and people in the target audience, and it seems to me like a lot of the reason people were slowing down was just the sheer volume of those little statuettes that you had to buy yeah. to, get, to cover the entire game. Yeah. And it was it was just the financial investment. I, I from what I'm hearing, you know, you you want to have about that number of characters per release, right? Yeah. It, it, you got to have that substantial thing. But if they did the releases every two years instead of every year and spaced them out a bit more, they might have been able to keep them going. It seemed like you know, it seemed like kind of the standard, almost Pokemon model that is obviously just the monster of the gaming world, you know, and just release this this basic set and then make sure that your people want, you know, got to catch them all eventually and just yep. keep releasing them so they can. But and I don't know, I was, I was really confident in that business model and what they were doing with it. And Lego Worlds is doing something very similar, so we'll have to see how that pans out for them. Um, and they have a, just a crap load of, of different properties they can use as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I've resisted so far in getting anywhere near any of those, mostly because I don't have the space. Yeah. I re- I really want the Lego stuff though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I can I know that's going to be the same model where it's going to be like you're going to have to you'll get a couple characters at the launch and you're just going to have to dip into that bank account far too much to really get who you want. And you're talking to the guy who. You know, paid two hundred dollars up front so I could have the starting twenty-four characters in Marvel Heroes when it launched. So, uh, yeah, I'm not beyond stupid financial decisions like that. But in hindsight, yeah. <laughs> and as much as I play it, probably wasn't a good buy for me. Yeah, well, that was mm-hmm. that's my Infinity Collection. I I got everything for two point mm-hmm. I've got all the Marvel and Star Wars characters for any generation. And then the the Disney proper, I'm still missing about three or four from the 1.0 because I didn't start playing until 2.0 when Marvel was integrated. Yeah. yeah. And then 3.0, I've only they were kind of hit and miss because it when it folded, all the local retailers brought the figurines down from typically 16 to 17 Canadian. They went down to like four or five bucks Canadian. Yeah. So by the time I got to the retailers, anything I didn't already have was gone. And there's just racks and racks of the stuff everybody had because you could find them everywhere. Yeah, they were selling them in dollar stores around here for five bucks, you know, pop. Not too long after, after everything launched, they tried to sucker in people like me because they offered 3.0 basically free to play in on Steam, and so I tried it out for a while. And and they give you some pretty they, they give you a little taste of here play Iron Man for a day but you know you're gonna have to go out and buy them if you want to continue and it was like yeah I don't think so. <laughs> they Disney released a, the official Infinity for PC which was a free game as well I downloaded it I remember when you were talking about it, you guys weren't sure entirely what the codes were for yeah and I think it was Scott Gardner who talked about the launch pad what I found the codes useful for is if you have Infinity for iPad or presumably Android. Or for the PC where they don't have the hardware to put the figures on. Yeah. 
you can either pay the four ninety nine like you saw for the digital version of that character, yeah. or if you link it to your Disney account and put in the code from that trading card that came with it, then that character unlocks for free. Right, yeah. So if you buy the figurine, you still have them in the game, even though you don't have that base to put them on. Yeah, but I actually thought it was, yeah, it's almost insulting that, well, I could buy it digitally, but I don't get my little statue. Well, screw that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure that's, that's what it was, five bucks instead of 15, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, why don't sense. you give us another one? Maybe a kind of thematic thing. Uh, Cuphead? Did either of you see that on the list? Cuphead, no. Cup, cup, C-U-P. Oh, no. It's basically that. a game that is done in the style of like the 1930s cartoons and essentially you're a a cop who has gambled with the devil and lost and he has to try to repay the debt and he goes around doing boss battles etc etc it's apparently a run and gun platformer and I watched the video for it it looked pretty fun and the, the style of it just it looked really, really good for that. Um, I'm trying to picture that now. Let's see. Oh, I'll, I'll send the. I'll continue. I'll find it. No, no, I'll send the link so you can have a quick look at the small, tiny, tiny picture they have on on Wikipedia there. But it just reminded me a lot of the Mickey Minia game. Just a little bit from. Yeah. Oh yeah. Higher however many years ago that came out um, yeah the Mickey's Timeless Adventures that you guys were talking about yeah, that was yeah. on Super Nintendo Genesis and eventually Playstation I want to see Popeye in that game I know <laughs> it, 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 it matches up with all of that kind of style from back then I was yeah, just going totally. oh I like that. oh yeah the, yeah this Wikipedia thumbnail has a, a pirate on a tugboat, and that pirate looks very it's much like Pluto. a palette swap Bluto, yeah. Yes, he does, yeah. It's like, yeah, Popeye should be on that pier punching the boat or something. Yeah. yeah. Big what if he guys. sounds like Pinto Kovig? <laughs> I, mean, I, I would like the end, you know, just to be smiled on your smile, you know? <laughs> just yeah. from, from Roger Rabbit, if I feel like that's how this game should end. <laughs> yeah, it does. They've got the. Uh, it does say that it was inspired by the 1930s cartoons, such as the Fleischer yeah. Studios, Disney, and cartoonist Do Works. And this is, yeah, very much in that style. They've captured it at least very perfectly in this one screen yeah. cap we have to reference. Totally. I, I did see a. Vi- I did find a video for it. I will send it to you guys, so you can have a look at it. Um, whenever we get finished here, or not, if you want to take a break. <laughs> See, it's uh, this kind of thing that proves to me that the people that are in charge of a lot of the gaming industry are people my age, of my tastes. That, that warms my heart. <laughs> All right, I gotta, I'll do one here. I gotta get off my chest because um, I just saw it, and it, it's Red Dead Redemption Two, which, where I read the blurb on it, claims that it's coming out for the PC. But I think that's a big fat lie, and and they're going to break my heart because they never put out Red Dead Redemption One for the PC, and Rockstar pretty mm. much kind of like vowed they never would. So it would surprise me that they put out the sequel. But I'm hoping because it's a little thorn in my side that I never got to play. You know, I bought like four of their GTA games, but they can't be bothered to put me in the old West open world. Come on, that's just not right, guys. <laughs> 
and so uh, I would love to play Red Dead Redemption 2. All you rock star high executives that listen to this show, please, I will offer a limb. Next, Blade. <laughs> Either of you well, get to play the, the first one on console anywhere? Nope. Yeah. Sorry. Never never got around to getting it. No. Again, like I said, I've been hesitant to get into new franchises, so... Yeah. Well, I, I never finished any of the GTAs. I wander around them until I get to... You know, I do missions till I get to the one car chase mission I cannot complete, and I just give up. <laughs> and watch gameplay videos of the rest of it. And be like, ah, oh, that looks like it would have been a lot of fun. I don't know. If, if you listen to enough of, of these podcasts, Blaine, you'll learn that I am the last person in the world that should probably have a bad gaming habit because I suck at all of them. I'm just <laughs> abysmally bad at most of the stuff that I love. And I'm just, uh, it's, I think it's actually one of my resolutions to quit gaming completely. No, that's not one of them, but we'll get to those. See- but you can either do that or you can just start playing exclusively things like Ghosts and Goblins and other games that are so famously difficult. It doesn't matter if you suck because everyone's like, yeah, everyone on the planet sucks at that game. Yeah, I was the guy that couldn't get through like the second level of Pac-Man in the arcade. It was embarrassing as hell. I, even I, I even bought the book and I couldn't get any further. <laughs> you know, here's how to solve the whole game. Yeah, level four tops. Yeah. Yeah. Try, try completing the Turtles NES game. I never could get through... did pretty well on that one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That one I finished, but that seaweed level was just nasty. That I could do. My my trouble was rescuing Raphael by getting across the bridge or across the buildings or whatever. I kept dying there and couldn't find a rope, and then I find a rope, and then I couldn't get to the point again, and... uh. Yeah, for me, the the one 8-bit Nintendo game I owned but could never finish was Castlevania. Made it to Dracula twice, but he crushed me both times. Oh, horrible. So, I don't think I was. The opening one, like a graveyard with skeletons, I think that's as far as I ever got. <laughs> yeah. I, I Maybe that never was played. Ghosts and Goblins, I think. Yeah, that was Ghosts and Goblins. The opening Castlevania, you're outside the castle and you can whip a few candles for immediate upgrades, jump past the exit to the candle to, you know, cause a bag of gold to appear, jump past the entrance again, because as soon as you walk in front of it, you go in and then you go in and six levels and the difficulty scale on those 8-bit Nintendo games was the kind where but I couldn't finish level 2 till I was good enough to beat level 1 without getting hit. Couldn't finish level 3 till I was good enough to beat level 2 without getting hit and so on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, That's why I'm just mostly a turn-based action guy and you know adventure game guy because an RPG just the, I guess the hand-eye coordination thing never worked for me. <laughs> Uh, Blaine, why don't you give us another if you have one Um, So the next one I'm interested in and definitely want to check out I'm not sure if I want to commit to getting it would be Star Trek Bridge Crew which is a virtual reality game where you and and up to three friends by the looks of it can play out as members of you know a Star Trek crew on the bridge so it's definitely something I want to check out because I'm a Star Trek nut and that does sound like fun my hesitation is whether or not there's going to be enough VR games to convince me to invest in the equipment because yeah. that's looking like it's about 550 Canadian every time I've seen it so far hey, Wow. and the other hesitation is you know I've played a lot of fun Star Trek games but how fun is it if I'm stuck on the bridge and manipulating virtual consoles showing me what's happening outside the virtual ship yeah, yeah, it's got to be... Uh, there are variations in that theme already out there. There's this one, 
like Starship Bridge Simulator I've seen that I've been dying to play, but I mean, it's completely co-op. You cannot play it alone, um, which I wonder if that's what this is going to end up being like, um, which presents its own set of problems. You have to gather people even virtually, you know, at times to play these games. Um, but yeah, VR, there is a lot of VR stuff coming out on Steam right now. I'm, I'm noticing, you know, every time I... I look at the page, there's something that catches my eye, and then it's like, you must have VR glasses. It's like, oh, please, you know, I, I love that the technology is going here, but let's, let's not just exclude those of us that, yeah, don't have thousands of dollars sitting around. <laughs> with I'm, kind of looking, I'm kind of looking forward to the point where you have the virtual reality kind of movies where you can sit in the theater and have those 4D seats yeah. and have that happen. Because I feel that if you're doing this bridge crew game, you should have a 4D seat so that every time the ship gets hit, you can just slide off to one side or slide off to the other side, you know, like you're meant to. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. be nice to have but something it, to prompt you. Well, maybe the ship that you're be. piloting in Star Trek Bridge Crew is one where the inertial dampeners actually work all the time. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's, that's crap for the visuals. <laughs> yeah, I get why they do it on the show, but it wouldn't be hard for them to hand wave that out of the game. <laughs> they, they divert power from the inertial dampeners to the shields, obviously. I would think that would be... Because that's more important. That would be a must-have in a virtual reality game. That would be something, <laughs> you know, you could definitely simulate somehow. Oh, as you said, Blaine, though, it's like that takes... You can't really just, like, flash in a cutscene, you know, in a virtual reality game like that. So, as you said, you're not going to get, like, the outside view of the, the ship battles and stuff, which are, let's face it, pretty cool, and we all want to see them. So, yeah, but just the, the thought of that experience really, obviously, is <laughs> attractive. Uh, but, yeah, can't spend the cash yet. Let's get that competition machine rolling and get them down to about 20-30 bucks and we'll talk mm. they'll drop eventually yeah mm. Dave got another one I'm I'm I believe this is pure console unfortunately uh, but PS4 has a game coming out sometime next year uh, called uh, Speeder Man Sp- Sp- yeah Sp- oh, oh Spider-Man that's the one oh uh huh um, yeah. Console if, only, of course. Uh, so, so far. <laughs> it may be released for, for other things, but I, I believe it's Sony, so maybe maybe they're trying to cash in with the properties they are. Probably be a um, wise move, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm assuming it'll be out sometime around May, which would make sense. There's but, always been a crap load of Spider-Man games, and we'll probably do a whole yeah. show just on Spider-Man games someday, mm-hmm. because they're Literally is a lot. And even like the, you know, quote unquote bad movies, each of something's come out for each of them. And they've been pretty good games from what I read. I, I've only gotten to play a few here and there over the years, but. Um, I've yeah, played all of them. Yeah. I believe Red I have. Maximum Carnage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the first one I played. Uh, I, I, uh, maximum Carnage rocked. The yeah, music from it. I mean, that that's. The only reason that I know who Carnage is in the first place is because of that game. Yeah, me too, really. I, I'd never read the, the series at that point, so... Yeah, I hadn't started reading comics when I played that, you know? <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I've played pretty much every Spider-Man game that's come out since, like, this first movie one. 
at least. I know before that, uh, the PlayStation 1 ones, I grabbed all of those, um, including the delayed second one. But um, yeah, I, I had a look at my platinum list for my trophies on PS network and stuff and yeah pretty much all of them have spider-man in them all of the ones i've got all of the trophies in well you're definitely our point man on that that particular podcast then sir uh i i it's just so much fun playing as spider-man and (laughs) the way they've done most of the games now is mostly open world or as open world as you can get where you swing around the city and save people you know they're gradually getting better at making the events different, but that that's the only kind of downside to them. You basically end up doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over again, just in different places. But we'll see what they do this time. I'll probably still enjoy it if that's still what's going on. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite saying lately, you know, as far as Spider-Man goes, it's like pizza. Even when it's not that great, it's still pizza, so... Still swinging around a city as Spidey. Can't beat that. Uh, I'll just, I'll maybe we'll just go around and do one more here if I can find it. Uh, yeah, one I just discovered going back over the list today was the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale series game <laughs> that's coming out. And I was just like, holy shit. Uh, and I love these games. I mean, they're more of a, like just watching a movie more than actually playing. I, hopefully, they'll improve, you know the game's a little bit more... Batman was a little bit of an improvement over Walking Dead, and he had a little more stuff you could interact with. Uh, but just the, the acting and the, the graphics and everything on these t- games have always been top-notch, and there's nothing like them for just, I guess, interactive fiction, you know, and just watching a story play out and having, you know... And it's all about the choices, you know, making the moral choices and stuff, so that would be very interesting. I highly encourage... Any more super properties, uh, superhero properties being done by Telltale. Uh, Blaine just made a suggestion that I actually had planned kind of in the first place anyways, that uh, we should do a wish list of like one to three things we wish we could get, you know, kind of uh, your ideal game, what you would like to see Santa and his elves eventually make for you that hasn't really been covered um, that you know of. Or at least not in the way that you want to see it. Um, so why don't we each go around and do like one of those, unless you want to take a minute to think about it. But just kind of your dream game that someone hasn't made yet, I essentially think is what your point was on that, right, Plane? Yeah, just something if we could, you know, wish a game into an existence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I actually had a, a list of much greater than three, so I'll let you guys... <laughs> I'll start with one and let you guys think a little bit, and uh, um, I can kind of ball a bunch of them together here. I need tactical turn-based or, like, manageable real-time strategy war games uh, set in, like, the following universes. One is the Terminator. Any large-scale alien invasion scenario, but preferably kind of Wells' original War of the Worlds. And there actually was one a while back called Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. I'd love to see, like, a remake of that. And it was a really cool, like, strategic war game, which you either played the English Army in the 1800s or the Martians. And you had your various units and buildings, and, you know, it's kind of your central resource management build your army, build your town, build your resources type game, and then go attack the enemy in force. 
Were any of them your favorite Martian? No, they weren't. No, no, uh, Ray Walston, was it? Uh, involved at all. That would have improved the game greatly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hand. In uh, uh, Star Wars, uh, I think a remake of the old Rebellion game. Um just kind of, it's not completely turn-based. It was very slow, like, real-time strategy, but you got to manage, like, every planet and what they're building and, you know, your ships, and you had to build mines over here and um, fuel refineries over here and eventually mash your, you know, send out diplomats to different planets to get them to turn from the Empire and, and get things like that. And it was, that was the one that was called Ascendancy, I think, in the U.K., right, David? Uh, supremacy. Supremacy, okay. Yeah, so I, I actually bought the uh, Star Wars Rebellion that came out on Steam a while back, which they didn't do anything to improve it, really. <laughs> um, you know, they kind of put it in a DOSBox emulator for you or whatever, helped uh, newer machines run it. And it does run, but it's actually, I think it's too fast, even on the slowest setting. It's, it's it, The clock's set too fast for, for this particular game or something. I'm sure more deaf people can go in there and tweak that, but I'm not one of them. Um, go, Blaine. How about you? Uh, one that I've been hoping for ever since they announced that DNA would be helping Nintendo develop their mobile games mm -hmm. would be... I mean, Dave and I were talking before we started recording. We're both playing Final Fantasy Record Keeper. I've been playing a lot of that. I got it on launch day in March of 2015. Haven't missed a day since. Or a character or a memory crystal. I would love to see them take the concept of the Captain N TV series with the Final Fantasy Record Keeper style framework and do that with the Nintendo characters. Ooh. That could be interesting. Yeah, so do it with, you know, your Castlevania worlds, your Mega Man worlds, right, your Metroids, your Zeldas, your Marios. But do it all like you can with Record Keeper where you can mix and match characters from different games. It would obviously be tougher in Nintendo because, you know, Final Fantasies are similar enough that it's the same mechanics, really, and, it, you know, swapping the characters works, you know. A healer's a healer, a healer, for the most part, but, you know, putting Mega Man in Castlevania would dramatically change that game. Yeah, yeah I'd be up for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm all about strange crossovers. Uh, that could be funky. Why don't you give us one, dude? Well, since they you can't kind use of... more Final Fantasy stuff. I'm sorry, Blaine claimed it. Well, I'm already getting Final <laughs> Fantasy VII the remake, so I, I'm I'm happy for Final Fantasy stuff. They've already kind of got my one going. We're good. It, it, it was my wish list up until last year, sometime. <laughs> but um, yeah, I kind of want to see another of the X Men Legends games. Yes. <laughs> I, there's so much they could have done. They could have continued on, and I don't think they lost go money back and on do them. The Dark Phoenix Saga, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know that or another Ultimate Alliance that's better than Ultimate Alliance Two. You know, because it wasn't as good as the first one. Because I, I think it felt a little rushed with some things. But you know, something like that. I like the superheroes kind of having a team of superheroes that I are from a franchise that I know and having an RPG type experience with them. Uh, I'd like to see the DC characters kind of thrown in as well, but not necessarily into the same game, you know, them have their own one. Yeah. That's similar style. Uh, they did have 
an RPG type game out. Um, I can't remember what the name of it was. I think it was just Justice League Heroes, maybe. And it was rather fun, but it, I, I prefer the style of the Legends and Ultimate Alliance ones. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of on my wish list, make more games, you know, essentially like that. You know, the turn-based, not or, you know, or, or real-time strategy. Kind of like Marvel Heroes is now, but I'd love to see, like, a tactical turn-based game like that set in the Marvel Universe. Look Again, the slower the better for <laughs> us non-action guys. Uh, but they had a great Facebook game called uh, Marvel Avengers uh, Tactics that came out very briefly, but it was awesome. I mean, it was just, it was top-down, like, isometric, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, turn-based strategy, and then you would give the orders, and then it, you know, does the animations, and that's, I love games like that, so anything with my favorite superheroes like that would be a bonus. Kind of piggybacking on that, I would love to see a Doctor Strange game, now that I've seen the movie recently and loved it, focused mainly on, like, reading books in Wong's library and lear- actually learning, I want 90% of the game to be learning magic, and then you go fight Dormammu or something, but I would just love the, you know, the... the the action of going through and, and practicing your spells and, and crap and stuff. And, we could even yeah. have just like a Metal Gear style level where you have to read as much as you can without long spotting you. It's <laughs> all yeah, about yeah, the stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You, you first have to master those those portals and so you can bleep into the, uh, the library unseen. Mm-hmm. There is something that's missing from a lot of the kind of superhero games that I would like for them to put in. You know, like, for example, I would actually like to play as Bruce Wayne doing something monotonous for a bit that happens yeah. to tie into the story. Or, I don't know, grab pictures as Peter Parker, which they kind of do in the Spider-Man games, but not as much. I would like for them to not spend all of their time as the superhero. You know, give them a little bit of kind of character development, I guess. Yeah, I would love, like, you know? literally, like, open-world RPG type of thing, you know, but more like the top-down isometric, I think, than first-person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could basically choose whatever the hell you want to do, and you have to go find some place to change into Batman or Spider-Man or whatever, and some yeah. people don't see you, and, you know, yeah, somebody, uh, somebody <laughs> hired me for ideas, and I'll give you plenty. Send a message to Alfred. (laughs) What's that? I'm I'm suddenly imagining a a Batman game where instead of you know things happening overnight, they're happening over the span of a few months, and you've got to manage your stock portfolio to figure out how much revenue you've got (laughs) to spend on developing and maintaining his toys and equipment. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm all about having little stuff like that to to ground it in a little more realism. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the kind of thing where you could, you know, opt to say, let Lucius Fox handle it, or do it yourself and have the potential to gain even more than Lucius would. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have to go even deeper to find a, a, a toy that Wayne Industries doesn't make or can't afford to make, you know, because it would be on the books or something. You have to go into the black market of superhero suppliers, or, I don't know, call up your buddy Oliver Queen, like, are you making any cool toys over there? Because I could use some, you could, uh, Punching mm-hmm. ba- or, uh, yeah, boxing glove uh, battering. I can borrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have the sidekicks you have more of a kind of adeptness at that actually go off and do missions for you and gather intel. 
Oh, yeah. we'll do a whole uh, show on various superhero games too. But the the Champions Online game was was pretty uh, yeah pretty loyal I... to like that system. And yeah, I, I kind of wish I could remember my passwords and stuff for that. I think I had it at one point. There was one that was in the press long, long ago. Um, that was going to be exactly like I just described, called Agents of Justice, and it's one of those famous games that never, you know, never came to be. That there was a lot of hype over, at least what I was. And these are like my Amiga, you know, gaming days and stuff. And it was, you know, looked like just that kind of thing—a top-down RPG and you know, heavy on the stats and and beating up bad guys with superheroes. So, two of cool. my favorite things. Uh, Blaine, get any more? Yeah, I would actually like to see them take the Mega Man franchise and give it the the major overhaul that Metroid has had over the years. Because as much as I enjoy playing the classic Mega Man, I'm thinking there's a lot to be said about, you know, almost a first-person Mega Man or something you could do with today's graphics. Probably more like the Mega Man X line where he had, you know, a few more upgrades and things available. But yeah, I'm all about you know the franchises I'm already in love with. Seeing those just yeah. get updated for today's hardware. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Now Metroid, I never got into either of those very much. I think I played some Mega Man, but Metroid is the one where it's the female protagonist, Seamus, or something, right? Yeah. You yeah you learn that Samus Aran was a woman when you finished the game, presuming you did it in under four hours. Oh. I oh. I thought that was a brilliant move, even though it really angered some of my classmates at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but the manual never uses a pronoun to refer to Samus. It's always Samus, Samus, Samus. They invented a name so there wouldn't be a gender identity associated with it. If you finish the game in under four hours, then in that final congratulations screen, Samus doesn't just, you know, hold up the weapon. Yeah, it takes she takes her helmet time. off, and that's when people go, oh, wait. And if you do it in under two hours, then she takes the whole encounter suit off, and she's there in a one-piece <laughs> bathing suit. Uh, <laughs> which kind of programmers. undermines the you know the positive female image by saying yeah she's not dressed normally let's stick her in a bathing suit yeah. unless they decided they needed to that to really say no this is a woman not just a guy with long hair see this is a woman yeah, yeah. maybe that's that. what you have to wear under that suit because uh, it's fun to get hot room. in there yeah it's it's yeah. gonna get hot yeah. in there yeah it's probably when you're the end of layer yeah yeah, you're, you're. I mean, you're also having to crush up your body into tiny, tiny space in order to roll. You know, so. Well, that you could just enter the Justin Bailey passwords. Uh-huh. If you did uh, Justin Bailey, there's and then all spaces are all dashes. Then you'd play the game as Samus without the encounter suits. So they had the full animation sprites for Samus running and everything just in the bathing suit. <laughs> and the I forget which is which with the all spaces and all dashes. One of them starts you with the wave beam. The other one starts you with the ice beam. I don't think I ever played the original ones. It was mostly Metroid Prime that I was playing back on the GameCube. Uh, Sometimes. So you got to see all of it from the first person view and shooting and stuff and taking out Metroids and whatever other fluty things were about and freezing them. Oh, yeah. The freeze beam was there from the start. Yep. Everything gets used as a platform, yeah? Yep. Especially, I mean, the, the final boss against Mother Brain, I used to use the, the freeze, or final battle against Mother Brain in the first. I used to use the freeze rate to have freeze enemies around me, so when she shot me, I didn't get knocked off that tiny little platform and could just stay there op- with, you know, full-scale open <laughs> fire. Nice. Trapped between some frozen enemies. Yeah, for, for me, Mother Brain is always going to be pretty much Audrey 2 from Little Shop yeah, we, of Horrors. Device 
Ca- Captain Anne? Yeah. Uh, Levi Stubbs was the voice of both, his only acting. Yeah. Because I, I love that show. It's one of those weird things where I didn't know many of the characters, but I got half an idea of what was going on. You know, I, I knew the names at least. That's why I, I always got confused why Simon Belmont was a hero in Castlevania. Didn't seem that way. <laughs> uh, but yes, is my choice next? Yep. I think I would like something akin to a private eye kind of mystery game, but possibly set in a kind of steampunk universe. Ooh, yeah. That would be kind of funky. You know, actually having to go around, pick up clues, and possibly also cool steam-based weapons that explode people on impact. You know, that kind of thing. I'm that, yeah. Uh, I'd add to that just kind of a good private eye game in general, or uh, I'm very much into the like the criminal investigation games and police games have been on the hunt lately for like the perfect cop game um, maybe something like the cuphead one i mentioned right but obviously yeah. for like old you know instead of using the style of 1930s cartoons you know 1930s humphrey bogart movies Let's give us eddie and robert Rab- or robert rabbit roger rabbit you know they're not using yeah, the that would work anymore and- it's- yeah, have you have you checked out the Thirty Nine Steps on Steam? No, it's one of the Possibly. cheaper games. It's an it's it is a mystery adapted from the same novel as the Alfred Hitchcock film yeah. of the same I think, name. I think I may have grabbed that just because it was there. I was going, ah, it's only like a pound or something. I'll grab that. Yeah, I think it was like ninety nine cents in Canada. So yeah, that's seems much less right. than a pound with the conversion. So. Probably, what's the smallest non-zero unit that you offer in this country? That's what the price is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's um, only about half an hour into it, but it's good so far. I, like I said, I think I have it. I might have to install it now. <laughs> there was this old old DOS game. I mean, it might have been even back in the days of like the C64 and stuff, which would have been kind of pre-DOS even. No, that was DOS, I guess. No, that was pre-DOS. They had its own operating system. Okay. Um... It was just kind of a really randomly, you know, it was so simple, but it was, it worked. And it was just like a simple, random murder mystery thing, you know, and it just, it would lay out the clues and you could interview certain people and, and try to catch them in lies. And it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of those. It just seems like it would be so easy to do kind of a randomized open world version of something like that. And yeah, I, I would definitely be on board with more stuff like that too. So. I mean, there was a bunch of my wish list. There was a bunch of CSI ones that yeah, I've played a few. Excuse me. Um, All right, but they end up they still ultimately end up being very linear. Oh oh, yeah, you're kind of stuck in one position, looking at the maps, kind of thing, and you're not really able to move around as a person. Yeah, it almost Um, becomes basically a hidden object game. You know, you just have to find the right clue at the right time and use the right tool on it and things like that. Did you ever see or play Heavy Rain at all? Or no, no, I know of it. I know it's pretty yeah. pretty famous it, out there. Yeah. It kind of has some investigation type stuff in it mm-hmm. that will affect the kind of end story. But something like that would be rather good for, you know, a good kind of way to go for the mystery game, I guess. Although I'm, I'm not completely sold on the whole... Um, push a button to kind of act thing, you know? 
I'd, I'd rather have a bit more control than that. Yeah. It, it's good for a kind of interactive movie with yeah. treasure adventure kind of endings. I just played one recently called Adam Wolf, or at least the first couple uh, chapters of it. That's It attracted me because I'm reading Hellblazer for the first time, and it's very <laughs> John Constantine-like. It's, you know, the supernatural detective type thing. And, yeah, it's got a lot of cool little mini-games, like dusting for fingerprints and stuff, but still, it's ultimately, you have to find the right, you know, you can't dust in the wrong place, really. You just have to search around for the the right place and and so it's the illusion of control you know but it is kind of just comes down to pushing the button at the right time mm. and I, I, I would love to have just more nuance to a game like that just you know where you could I, I like games where you can fail you know because I do frequently anyway but I like ones that you can actually pick the wrong decision and it crush you know you're done you know <laughs> and if you weren't smart enough to save it <laughs> Yeah. Take a wrong turn and just start from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly, man. I don't know. I think some gamers are coddled these days, and they like their <laughs> their instant save points all along the way, and don't like the. I, I see. I'm a masochist. I play in Iron Man mode whenever it's like offered to me. It's like this is permadeath. You will have to restart. Never get to use this character again. I'm like, oh, that's just the chance I'm gonna have to take. Did you ever play the Wastelands way back when? Yeah, the original, and I played uh, some of the remake, too, and that is really good stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, but that's one. yeah, the original Wastelands, when it came out for 286, that was unforgiving. Yeah. That was the uh, make a backup copy of the Master Discs, because it saves whether you want it to or not, and it saves to the Master Discs. That's right, yeah. So there was no going back from anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Old days of floppy, kids. Yeah, really floppy, wow. yeah. Yeah, those, those are the five and a quarter inch floppy ones. Uh, <laughs> I still remember when floppy disks were actually floppy, yeah. and you know what got stuck into the Apple stuff or the what was it? We had Acorn Electrons and BBC Micro. Those were the kind of main ones that we had about. You stuck the big, massive, ridiculously large floppy disks into the drive and that was it yeah and then they still referred to the ones that aren't technically floppy disks because they're in hard plastic as floppy disks it's very yeah. confusing and now those don't even exist anymore they're the vhf's uh, tapes of, of the 90s <laughs> <laughs> when they had 1.44 megabyte capacity each and i've got a usb memory stick in my watch that holds eight gigs yes. yeah yeah i know it's, it's amazing um, yeah some of the I don't even have space on my laptop to to even consider some of the new games coming out. You know, I, I look at some of them, like GTA Five. You know, I've just went on sale for half price this week. I think <laughs> it is, and so it's down to you know a respectable thirty dollars, which I don't have. But I've been twitching to be like, oh, I really need this. But I'm thinking it's like this thing's probably like sixty three gigabytes. Which is about what I have left on my terabyte drive. <laughs> it's, it's part of the reason why I kind of go with a console, because at least yeah. then I have space. And if I have to delete a game that I've not played in a while, I go, oh, I'll be fine. I know it's pretty much saved on here, the save games. And I won't accidentally delete those, um, hopefully. And, you know, it's there. And I can put the games on any time, but I can also kind of not put anything else really on it. You know, it's kind of restricted to the games. 
Well, I do love Steam, and I'll give you one more plug this year, Steam. Um, <laughs> the last one, because I haven't seen any money in my account. Is there a sale on? For, for, no, but I mean, for all the good words I, I give them on this show. Uh, you know, in that they have the function of delete from local drive, you know, but all your games in your queue are still there and save yeah. your saves, and you just re-download it anytime you want to get to that one. So, yeah, my list is is huge, but empty, and except for the few very huge games that I have on it right now. Uh, yeah. My, G- my GTAs and Saints Rose and, and uh, my Batman games, not much else fits in my computer. <laughs> I, I think I have Saints Row somewhere, because I, I keep subscribing to the Humble Bundle. I, I get the monthly one, and I get a whole bunch of games that I don't always play, but I have them there if I ever get the kind of urge to. And I've got a bunch of kind of fun games from that. I, so. I had a blast playing. Again, I got into the, the rut that I eventually just got to. Because it still is kind of like car chase heavy, like GTA games, mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, so I eventually just get to a point where I can't complete a particular car race with my sad keyboard and mouse. And, and I give up on them. But I mean, just... They're such well-crafted things, man. And, and as I said, four is just superhero madness. It's it's one of the best super simulation superhero simulation games I've ever played. You know, bar none. That's not actually a superhero game. And it has Keith David as the freaking president of the United States. Oh, vice president. So nice. And you can, you know, if you unlock it, you can beat people to death with a giant purple dildo. So what more do you really need to know? Can you beat up the president as Roddy Roddy Piper? <laughs> no. For, well, I think you might. I think they, if I remember correctly, they, they must get into that. Um, because, no, you, your character is actually the president. I think Keith David is your oh. vice president. So. Oh. Uh, but there's like an alien invasion subplot. Spoilers. So, uh, you know, I haven't <laughs> played in a while. But if there's an out of they live reference in there, then somebody way dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm not. I'm not sure if my PC can handle it. I know it. I, I know my laptop can't handle the last Tomb Raider game, or you know, the kind of restarted Tomb Raider franchise. Yeah. Where it's kind of younger Lara Croft, and I really wanted to play that one. I downloaded it on the scene. I loaded it up. It showed me the cutscene, and then wouldn't play. So. I think it's a good six or seven years old at this point. Even the last one. Um, so, I mean, I think it's got a lot of options for lower graphics and stuff. They've all been pretty good about that. Uh, yeah. So, and they got to be going for fairly super cheap these days. Um, yeah. the so, something they should probably throw into the Batman games as well, kind of an inverse Grand Theft Auto thing, where you drive around and you're forced to avoid hitting people. Yeah. You know, uh, if you steer your car at people, you'll automatically be forced to turn off and slow down. Uh, Whereas if you just avoided them in the first place, you could have kept your speed up. You know, I'm something, glad I, I, re- something like I resisted the urge to get Arkham Knight because I've read really bad things about the Batmobile sequences and that. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed them. They were stupid yeah. and fun. Yeah. You know, but at least I had a Batmobile to drive around in. There were no people on the streets except for people you could just hit and tease with your, your bumper teaser that won't kill anyone, really. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Electricity no, cushioned their fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Yeah. Now I'm suddenly picturing Grand Theft Auto Gotham, where you play as Jason Todd, and one of your missions is to steal the hubcaps from the Batmobile. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Dude, that. There needs to be more sidekick work. Th- yeah, there should- Grand Theft Auto freaking Superman or Justice League or something. Yeah. something or just a game where you're playing a sidekick to a superhero who's underappreciated. Yeah. You know, everyone gives him the credit, whereas you're doing at least half the work. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. Not that he doesn't give you the credit. It's just he, he works with you and, he, you know, he treats you well. But you just kind of feel down because everyone's always focusing on him until you realize that that's your benefit because you can sneak around a bit more. You know, something daft like that. That would be cool. I want a Robin game, apparently. That's, that's, what, that's apparently what I'm thinking. Hey, they yeah. deserve equal time, man. Sidekicks are not. Yeah. I just want a Nightwing game. Dead, man. They're, they're the true heroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nightwing is probably my favorite DC character because he's the only sidekick who's actually grown up and become his own hero. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. awesome. He's established they, They've done some himself. good like, DLC. with. I think they had Nightwing in Arkham City. You could play. They, did, they had yep. the new Robin you could play for a little bit. And, uh, I don't know. Yep. I even finished all those games either. Oh, that was yeah. The Nightwing DLC is what pushed me over the edge to buying that the week of release. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I bought it, got the DLC, and it was just. I think I spent an hour playing as Nightwing before I played as Batman. I think I think I bought it. I don't know if I've ever gone back and played as Nightwing yet. It's just sad. I, I was like click, yeah, click, I, click. I cheated. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> I pre-ordered all of the Arkham games because the first one looked like it was going to be fun. And then I couldn't play it for three months because my PS3 died. That's why I bought the new one. Um, Because I'd given up on it. I think it was literally like a month or two outside its warranty. So, typical. Um, But yeah, that looked fun. The second one looked fun. The third one looked really fun. And I got to see one of the voice actors for it at a convention here before it came out. So, you know, kind of pushed it over the edge. Um, Scarecrow was over here. Um, I've I've forgotten his name, but he was in Fringe and stuff. Um, I just like him as an actor. He does a good job. He can play nice guy. He can play a nasty guy, and he can do both really quite well. He was in Arkham uh, Origins. Uh, Arkham Knight. I never I never played I never played Origins. It's technically not by the same people. Yeah. So I, I kind of skipped it for, you know, reasons. I don't think you missed much. I, I've, I've been enjoying it, what little I've got done of it. But, um, yeah, it's not as good as Arkham City, is for certain. Got any more wish list stuff, guys? I think I'm pretty much done. I've hit most um, points here. Virtual reality Star Wars RPG, where you go around as a... Jedi or whatever and explore the Star Wars world in first yeah, person view. We're going to just shoot for the moon here, sure. Yeah. Uh, someone would have to provide me all that equipment before I even start oh. wishing in that direction. Virtual reality Leisure Suit Larry could be fun. <laughs> probably almost probably already games out there like that um, hardcore Leisure Suit Larry. Well, uh, if anything, they, they, you know, you got to know that the porn industry is going to it already exists. Research. Oh yeah, there, there is already virtual reality styled pornography as far yeah, as I'm aware. Oh, I'm sure. Would be the first they, people to do it. Well, that's they, I, they have filmed it. 
Yeah, I write a weekly DVD release column for Bureau42.com, which is where most of my own podcasts are. Mm-hmm. And the the first wave of home 3D titles, there were about nine pornos. Yeah. <laughs> in with, like, the five main studio releases when the 3D wave hit at home. Well, am I mistaken <laughs> in thinking, weren't, weren't they basically kind of the the mothers of invention behind Blu-rays in general? I They adopted the I format somewhere. Um, yeah, they were... Well, it was... The, the big difference with that was... Um, they, they figured that was one of the major reasons that the market tipped in favor of VHS rather than beta. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because VHS didn't need to be licensed. Beta right. did. And Sony oh. refused to sell that license to that industry. Aha. Uh-huh. So you couldn't get that product on beta. Not legally. Yeah, well... <laughs> So, Make of that information what you will, people, as far as what it says about our society. <laughs> you think Betamax would, you know, notice the name and the the kind of already licensing thing they could have going there, you know? Betamax? Yeah, yeah but it's only pronounced with the long E sound instead of the long A sound in the United Kingdom, so... I would call it Betamax. Yeah. Most of it is Betamax rather than Betamax, so... I know. But it's Funny funnier that way. That, yeah, <laughs> some uh, broadcast uh, venues still use broadcast beta as as their main like recording format and stuff. So beta's not oh, yeah. dead. Just yeah, the the home beta market is long done, but <laughs> it was the superior technological product. So yeah. the professionals never gave it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first time I, I used to produce, I did independent commercial production use for uh, produce production for a while that's what I'm trying to say certainly not public speaking um, <laughs> and first time I created a, a commercial that I had to deliver to a media outlet you know for broadcast I brought them essentially a DVD you know and, and raw you know the raw video files on that if, if they needed them and they're just like, we can't broadcast with this. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you know, it's the 21st century here, guys. I'm like, we do broadcast beta. You have to put this on a broadcast beta tape. I'm like, no, you have to put this on a broadcast beta tape because I have no way to do that. So, <laughs> you really should have told me this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think currently they are trying to get some of the older kind of 1970s, 1980s TV shows off of the film stock. Mm-hmm. On the digital because the just the people here are familiar with how all that works. Yeah, um, they're just well, they're dying or possibly retiring, yeah. but they're dying. Yeah, no one no one knows how to operate that equipment properly anymore, and so they're just trying to back up as much of the stuff as they can. Yeah, you don't want to run into another Doctor Who type situation, right? Pretty much. <laughs> That's it. When, when the, the EMP pulses take us all out, you people are going to be looking for analog dinosaurs like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Flynel's back. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. another one for our wish list? Yeah, it's one that occurred to me while we are talking here. As I said, like my, my day job is an education. I would like an educational game that's as fun as where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Because as a player, that's the only fun education game that I recall playing at any given time. I hope somebody's making it. I mean, I don't know. I I was with a woman a few years back who had, you know, a couple of children. And there was some compelling stuff out there for, like, you know, um, elementary math and things like that that I would sit and play with them and have a blast. And 
Um, I hope that the industry hasn't dropped the ball on things like that because I remember Carmen San Diego and Oregon, not Oregon Trail, uh, the zombie version, Oregon <laughs> Trail. Uh, it was great stuff, and you know, yeah, it forced you to learn while having fun, and that's always the best melding of two worlds, man. Uh, I play games to learn stuff. I love historical games, which, you know, I question the accuracy of some of them, but I think a lot of care is put into a lot of them to make things generally accurate. Um, and I love delving into stuff like that and what-if scenarios, and I think it's the best way to learn is is pair it with another media that you enjoy. So, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that, Blaine. Yeah, Did anyone I, ever... Oh, sorry. Sorry, it's just I, I learned more about the world by trying to catch Carmen San Diego and her minions than I ever did in social studies class. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, learn capitals, etc., etc. Yeah. Colors on the flags. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used the encyclopedia for that because I used to read the encyclopedia, especially the flag love section. Love my encyclopedias too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flag section definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, learned, I, uh, I used the Encyclopedia Britannica to look up the ranks, so I knew what was what they were trying to say on the back of those G.I. Joe cards. <laughs> One of my biggest reasons for ever even, you know, initial reasons for ever even wanting a computer was, my God, there's like discs that you can have your entire, you know, encyclopedia uh, collection on and just click and you can read any of these articles. You don't have to go thumbing through books. Like, yes, I must have, must have. Yep. So, Speaking of which, was it Encarta that had the kind of game where you went through and did you have to answer questions on yeah. various different things in the encyclopedia? Yeah, I remember yeah. the Encarta ones. Yep. Those yeah, the random was, trivia game. That was kind of addictive as well. Mm-hmm. I, I remember also having the Cinemania 95. Anyone else have it? Oh, that sounds really familiar. Yeah. yeah oh, it sounds like I, something I would have loved. Yeah, it basically had movies and stuff. And, yeah. you know, it, it really did kind of make me think that Christopher Lee was a vampire since apparently <laughs> he was dead on it and I was watching him on live TV at the time when I looked it up I was going oh this says he's dead really did it how can anything put on the digital media ever be wrong wow maybe it's a Mandela (laughs) have you ever visited naturalnews.com Dave (laughs) no what's this it's people who who do scientific research into things like the efficacy of vaccines without ever entering a lab Oh, great. oh, those people. Oh, yeah, that would be a fun and raging read. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not going there. No, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, they, they they have documented evidence that vaccines cause autism, just like Amazing Fantasy 15 has documented evidence that radioactive spider bites cause superheroes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That that fun educational game I asked for. Let's have it teach people the scientific method. Absolutely, just that's bare bones start with that and work outwards um and journalism games uh more of those well i found one recently um it's like a little indie one called i think the westport chronicle or something oh i'm not certain on that but it's essentially it's it's your carl kolchak which who doesn't want to be kolchak yeah you're you're a newspaper guy who's out hunting you know lovecraftian mysteries and stuff so yeah right up my alley <laughs> see and you, you assemble need- your team of contacts and sources and, and some minions that go out and investigate different musty books for you and and sewers and get eaten by 
you know, the old ones. Fun stuff like that, all in the context of writing stories about it. Yeah, I think the key is to get the best stories for, you know, the best ratio of good stories to lost minions to the, the horror of Cthulhu. <laughs> it's pretty much what they base your score on or something. I don't know. That's something I might have to hunt out. Any other wish list stuff from you, Mr. Walker? Um, another Transformers game because you can't beat having giant robots punch each other and destroy sure. stuff. I bet Devastation did pretty well, so it would not surprise me if uh, somebody's got it in the planning, especially with, what, the 15th Transformer movie coming out here soon. Although Devastation had nothing to do with the movie franchise thing. It uh, was more cartoon-based. <laughs> yes. Went back to school. Yeah. Good. Was, That's still the best movie. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that would not surprise me. Um, I think the problem did, with that movie is it doesn't have Grimlock as the protagonist. They need to focus on Grimlock. Always focus on Grimlock, yes. yeah. Um, seems to me they did another franchise in the style of Devastation, and it's escaping my mind right now, though. Um, listeners could email us at nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. See how I segued into that? Um, <laughs> and let me know any games out there that are like Transformers Devastation but aren't Transformers. That's your homework, kids. Ooh. Um, I guess I don't really have any more. I had a couple rants for Santa. I don't know if that's, you know, that's, that's pretty humbug type stuff for this time of year, but that's the kind of guy I am, so screw it, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> Stop releasing games that aren't finished and making us buy a shit ton of DLC, Santa, and then pretend yeah. that that wasn't the plan all along, okay? Just stop. Also, a free-to-play online games are still pay-to-win if you want to do it in a reasonable human lifetime. So let's be honest about this, Santa, and stop the lies. I, I will say Doctor Who Legacy is a match-three game. That's a really good exception to that. Uh, what is that on? Is that a old PC game? I know there was... Some- uh, I've, I've actually got it for mobile, so it's iOS and Android. I think there might be a Facebook version of it as well. All right, and that was the other one. Make all the cool Star Wars, Superhero, Walking Dead, and Doctor Who games. They're coming out for phones and tablets for us ancient PC-only people, too. Please. Begging you. Begging you. <laughs> There's like a great Star Wars one out right now. There's a Walking Dead one that I have to watch the ad for every time I watch The Walking Dead. And it's really starting to kill me. So I'm not going to have the money to get one of your fancy Star Trek phones anytime soon, universe. See, so you got to help me out here. An Android emulator. I, I look for some. I mean, I keep getting... Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be out there. I'm just... You know, it's there, too much work. Just let me buy the goddamn thing. <laughs> there are some models of Chromebook that now give you access to the, the Google Play Store. Yeah. So anything for mobile, you could play on those Chromebooks. Yeah, I keep. I, I went to Google Play the other day. Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. It's just I said, just, you know, how hard is it? Just make it for the PC too. We will consume them. You get people wanting them. Yeah. Supply and demand. I guess there's not enough demand anymore. I, I know it's it's. Man, my I'm, eyes just aren't good enough for a handheld world. I'm sorry. I need my big 17 inch screen. What are people meant to do when their phone dies and their tablet dies and they're waiting for it to power up? They can play the game on the PC then. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also why they've got the, the cloud backup, right? You can get one of those new jumbo size iPads that a lot of 
comic book professional artists are using and play them on that. <laughs> I don't know. Just, you know, I don't want to... I'm out in a park, I want to be out in a park. I don't need to play my video games when I'm out in a park. I like to sit at my desk and do it. <laughs> I like to play games at the bus stop when I'm waiting for buses. Or on the bus when I'm waiting to get home. Happy on Christmas, then. elves. I'll stop ranting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Actually, I wanted to also do... I only have a couple of them, but... Um, I did want to talk about a game that's supposed to come out next year called Star Citizen. I don't know if either Ooh. of you guys have been following this. Did not hear um, this. I was following for a long time a game called No Man's Sky <laughs> that came out <laughs> this year uh, to thunderous hype and thunderous disappointment. And Star Citizen's been in development for a long time. I forget the guy's name exactly, but it's the man who originally made the Wing Commander series. Oh. Um, Chris Roberts, according to the Google yeah. search I just did when you mentioned yeah. Star Citizen. Yeah, and um, it's the kind of thing he fu- he crowdfunded it, and it's brought in just a ridiculous amount of money. And it's looking, you know, he's he's hyping it as the most ambitious. It's essentially Wing Commander-ish, open world, open space. You know, you can buy a starship and... Um, yeah, people have been donating to the Kickstarter, you know, at the levels of hundreds of dollars will, you know, start the game with their own freighter or something big like that or battleship, who knows. But it's it's the kind of story I think that's going to end up being like, this is, I guess, a New Year prediction, that I think it's going to be like a No Man's Sky level of hype and disappointment. I just, there mm. seems, what I've been following on it, there's been a lot of, development problems and a lot of promises and very ambitious but it's almost feels like it's getting away from them so I guess if I have a prediction for next year it's going to be that that is going to be less than expectations apparently it's piss a lot of people off (laughs) this says it's coming out for both Windows and Linux which is an interesting combination Hmm. I think they do try to chuck the mic for Linux these days try yeah, it makes me wonder if it's, you know, most of the time I've seen it coming up for Linux, it's something like Steam, which is deliberately cross-platform. Yeah. Right? So then you're not actually having to invest the extra funds to develop it for Linux. You just develop it for Steam, and then Steam has developed their product for Linux because that's worth it to them, right? Yeah. Well, I know uh, I've read some articles lately about Steam being worried that uh, I haven't really encountered anything yet that some Windows 10 updates are going to start making it more difficult to use Steam because Windows is trying to move towards a more even hybrid of of PCs and, like, Xbox. Like, all PCs eventually will also be kind of Xboxes or something to that effect. I I don't understand the tech of it all. Um, I'd rather they didn't. Well, it would be kind of a dick move, in my opinion, along the, you know, Bill Gates got in trouble once for kind of being like, well, you want this computer, you also have to have my product on it. So it almost feels like that a little bit. Um, If you're buying a PC, you should be able to decide not to also buy, you know, an Xbox console, even if it's all in the same particular casing. Yeah. Um, and, And you should have the freedom to use other platforms, but... 
I also get competition, and Steam is kind of like, you know, one of the Netflixes of game distribution mm-hmm. on the net, so they, they must, and they do their own things, and like consoles and the Steam machine, and things I never looked into, because I'm fine with playing it on my laptop, so, um, yeah, I can see why they, I guess, would want to muscle them out of the game, but I, I think you'll just end up pissing up, pissing off consumers, ultimately. Yeah, well, tangent. <laughs> Microsoft has a long history of doing the best legal deals to develop a monopoly rather than getting there by developing the best product. Yeah, you know what? They also already got enough goddamn money, so just stop it. <laughs> Bill Gates has more money than he could spend in 18 million lifetimes. <laughs> so just stop. Be nice world dominators for a change. <laughs> Can we all just get along? It's fucking Christmas time. Google Sorry. will probably come up with their own OS. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Chromebooks. It's the Chromium that's already out. Yeah. I just oversaturate the market at, at one point. Yeah. At one point, you just, like, you ask so many people to pick a team, and then they just, you don't get as big a slice of the pie as you could if you just let people have free will about it. Mm-hmm. Anywho... Uh, let's see here. Yeah, let's do uh, New Year's gaming resolutions, I guess. I've just got a couple of them, but um, things about maybe your gaming habits or your choices, I don't know, that you resolve to change in the new year, resolve to make better, or any little funny anecdote you can come up with or not. Well, I started first with the regular wish list, and then Scott started with the imaginary wish list, so why don't we throw this one to Dave to start? Sure. I I will start this then. I will finish up all of the games that I buy this year, this year. Maybe I should have started, because that's mine. (laughs) Yeah, barring the ones that I buy on the 31st of December. I almost had that one, but I knew it was hopelessly unrealistic (laughs) for me, so... I don't tend to buy that many, but considering that I have a bunch of games I just haven't finished up, you know, I have um, a bunch of PlayStation games, uh, PS3 ones sitting in front of me that I know there's still bits to do on them that I just haven't finished up. Uh, did anyone ever play Half-Life 2? Uh, no, just the first one for too many hours of my life. Oh, so. I've, I've many started it five me. times. <laughs> You know, I, I keep losing my save file or forgetting what exactly it was I was doing on the save file, so having to start all over again to try to get used yeah. to it again. And, yeah, five times, two different places, PC, console. And still haven't finished the damn thing. I get that a lot, yeah. Well, see, my first one was is hopefully a remedy to the malady of, of having too many games to finish in a year because I resolve not to fall for the lures of another Steam summer, winter, spring, or fall sale, because, yeah, they pretty much have them all now, and, yeah. and buy every game that looks even remotely interesting that drops below $10, because, oh my god, it used to be 30 now it's 10 I must freaking have it, because that's <laughs> my mother in me, the compulsive sale shopper. I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah and my library is full of games like that that I've literally paid, played for less than half an hour. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm with Dave on mine because I'm again I don't buy a whole lot of games, but the games I buy do tend to be the involved RPGs. Mm-hmm. In the past year, with sales in the App Store, I have bought the iOS versions 
of Dragon Quest 1 through 6 and 8, of Final Fantasy 1 through 7, for the After Years, 9. I already had Dimensions and haven't quite finished that one. Still investing in Record Keeper. There's Mobius. There's Final Fantasy Brave XVS. I think I've got about like 14 iOS Final Fantasy games I haven't finished yet. Franchise bundles are just evil. I got. (laughs) Yeah, I got five and six a couple of months ago. Um, I'm possibly two thirds of the way through five. Haven't started six yet. And I'm planning on getting nine for when I'm traveling. Because I like nine. Nine was fun. Nine was a lot of fun. So, yeah, going through my just what's on the phone here, I've been keeping up with Record Keeper. It doesn't really have a finish point. I finished one and five on mobile, but not two, three, four, four, the after years, six, seven, or nine. Um, I've played through all the levels in Final Fantasy, all the bravest, but still have some items to, to collect. And that tells you how much of a Final Fantasy fan I am, that I'm actually still investing time in all the bravest. Uh, yeah. Haven't finished Crystal. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the worst Final Fantasy game ever, but it's got the Final Fantasy name and was free, so I have it. Yeah. Um, Crystal Defenders Plus, I'm still working on. The iOS Chrono Trigger, I'm working on. Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy, I'm working on. Vanguard Storm, I'm working on. I've already mentioned Mobius, Final Fantasy, and Brave Exvius. The Canadian iOS store, for some bizarre reason, has picked Logic of Final Fantasy in it, even though that's Japanese only. But it's almost like a combination crosser puzzle fill in the dot Final Fantasy game Final Fantasy Tactics and Final Fantasy Dimensions and that's just the Final Fantasy games I haven't finished yet on my phone that's a Final Fantasy game that you would probably enjoy Scott Tactics yeah. I, I have played that one actually ah. that used to be an old Nintendo one right PlayStation originally PlayStation okay yeah I'm I, also I remember renting Boy- that one weekend <laughs> yeah and yeah that's that's my bag man at the tactical turn-based stuff um yeah yeah and it's the yeah this is the war of the lions update kind of like the final fantasy 4 for ios i was surprised it's a full upgrade it's like the the 3d model one so Mm -hmm. it's the same numeric stats as the super nintendo as far as i could tell but i think it's might be like a game boy advance or wonder swan version PSP, um, it was the PlayStation 1 that was upgraded for PSP and added in Balthier and Fran from Final Fantasy 12, I believe. Yep, that's the game they're from. Okay, I haven't gotten that far yet. Like I said, I'm way behind on all of them. I believe they show up in a cutscene. If you watch the the starting cutscene, you get to see Balthier briefly. Okay. I I was just blown away by the voice acting in it. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. There's voice acting. Forgot about that. I think that was what PlayStation brought to it, and they may have added more for PSP, but I can't remember. It's been a while since I looked at it. I had it for PSP. I haven't really played my PSP in so long, and that's probably completely dead by now. Yeah, that would have been the PSP version, because the PlayStation version in... uh, I want to say that one was Final Fantasy Anthology. That included Chrono Trigger was just an almost identical port of the Super Nintendo version, they just inserted some additional cutscenes. And that was Final Fantasy IV and Chrono Trigger came out on the same one, and that's the Japanese number four, not the US number four. four. I'm I'm hoping that people listening to a video game podcast know that, but if they don't, we can get into it. 
Um, Chronicles had five and six, and Origins had one and two, and it wasn't until the DS came out that three was finally legally available in English. Mm-hmm. And I apparently, want to play it now. <laughs> apparently, they're doing. Um, I think it's a PlayStation, or possibly a PlayStation, a CD, or pos- or a disc of some kind for the PlayStation, which has all of the games ever, pretty much, including the original NES versions properly translated okay. and the um, updated kind of Game Boy versions, better quality ones, and the remastered uh, 789, etc. Nice. wonder if they'll have um, Mystic Quest on that as well. Actually, it's entirely possible. Um, it does. It did list most of the Final Fantasy games there, and it's including 12, the Zodiac Age, and expansions for Final Fantasy fourteen. So we're reckoning that it'll probably be out after Stormblood comes out. So possibly next year. Okay. Which would be nice. make me feel so much better about my habit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You're so much closer to the gaming addicts that I am than Dr. Bill was sometimes. Yeah, well, for some of them. I think I've now paid for Final Fantasy 1. Am I up to five times or six? Uh-huh. So I, I, the, old, the 8-bit Nintendo was the only system I didn't have it for. <laughs> yeah, 7, I think I'm at three times just. Yeah, 7 but, I got... Th- I got the original PlayStation, like the PS1 version, yeah. which has, thankfully, all PlayStations are at least backwards compatible to the PS1 generation and the iOS version. And I had the PC version. And I'll be getting the yeah. PS4 remastered when it's out because that looks incredible. Yes. I, I've been waiting for it for a while. I think, From what I understand, the reason why it hasn't been coming out is because they looked at it, thought, yes, let's do this, and then realized how much work they would actually have to put into it to recreate all of the world that they had for it. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot there. And to put yeah. it into modern graphics, it's going to take a while. Yeah, because it was a game that had 3D characters for walking across the map and for fight scenes, but everything else were the static 2D backgrounds, except for the outside world map. And when they realized, oh, yeah, we're going to have to <laughs> turn, like, you know, all of these dungeons and the city of Midgar and all this stuff into 3D. And they seem to have not just decided to port it, but it looks like they've got, you know, Final Fantasy 15 style combat integrated yeah. into it as well. Like, it's it's a complete overhaul. I'm just hoping you can switch characters in it, you know, switch between the various characters so you can play as each of them instead of just being stuck as Clyde. Because while it's nice to have a main character that you follow, I would like to run around and try doing some healing. I would like to run around trying to shoot people. Um, and yeah, talking like Mr. T. Yeah, I'd like to to take Cloud out of the party once in a while just to keep everyone leveled up because that's part of the issue with the way I play Final Fantasies and why I need more time to play them is I don't like to leave any chest unopened or leave any character below the level cap. And yeah. as Dave and I were discussing before this podcast started, I've never missed a day of Record Keeper. I have every character and every memory crystal that's come out. I haven't cashed in the latest memory crystal. We're recording this just before the Overstrike Fest comes out. So I'm holding off on that MC3 until I find out you know, who I'm going to get overstrikes for. Uh, but other than that, I have a grand total of three characters who are not at their level caps out of the 160-whatever there are, 
and one of those three is on level 79 with a level 80 cap. So, Did, did I miss a 15 character? Is, is he there somewhere? Uh, there are no 15 characters yet, but there was a daily reward if you went in every day during the promotion when 15 launched. You could get a shared Soul Break engine blade. All right. Which is one of the 172 pieces of Soul Break gear I've got. Yeah. Hardcore. You are definitely being a guest more often, Mr. Dollar. And if I were a more ambitious editor, I would just take the outtakes of this show and make a Final Fantasy show. <laughs> too much fun dragging you back and letting you and Mr. Walker uh, go at it. I just sit that one out and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Having to that. pick your favorite characters, that's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've got Oren in there. Oh, yeah. Here, here's my other big resolution. Uh, this is a big one for me because this would cut down on my gaming significantly, too. I resolved to get over the part of my ego that won't allow me to play a game on easy setting because I'm an experienced <laughs> player, you know. And they spend, and then I spend hours and sometimes days stuck on one level or puzzle just to get frustrated and never play the game again. So, yeah, so you're not that incarnate? It's it's more recent rut for me for some reason. I've got this in my head. This is my midlife crisis or something that you know I I'm going to play games at the hardest setting possible because I think I can. I think I can. In Iron Man mode, and my favorite character dies, and I have to start all over again, and I don't get to play the next game. So, well, I know the reason why I normally play it normal is because of those assholes who decided, oh, you're playing it through an easy mode. Hey, why not try playing it through in normal mode and you'll get the actual ending. Ending. Yeah, yeah, or we'll do every, you know, play the easy mode and we'll pretty much make every decision for you that makes the game any kind of fun whatsoever, so. Yeah. <laughs> there seems yeah. to be a big universe of distance between easy and normal sometimes, though. It's <laughs> what gets me. There's this one game in particular called Battle Brothers. Uh, it's essentially build your own mercenary company game, you know, very simple, like tile based uh, 2D, but a lot of fun. And, you you know, it's very RPG and, you know, you have all your characters of names and stats and their weapons. And, you know, you get various contracts from various kingdoms and go out and fight and you'll be building your team, get a good, you know, team of level characters. And then I swear, because you decided to play on hard mode with Iron Man, the game just betrays you and suddenly throws a hundred orcs against your ten-man party and slaughters you mercilessly. So, And, and yeah, still haven't been able to bring myself to go click on that easy mode and, and get any of my characters to be able to do any of these amazing things like build your own town or, you know, guild hall that is rumored to be later in the game, but I'm getting more convinced that the game was never actually completed and they just slay you before you find that out. <laughs> so easy mode for the new year I just want to get through these games that I've paid so much for one of these days that's the point right <laughs> yep so I started doing it on some of the adventure games that I know are just going to be cutscene heavy stuff you know that it's like well you know I can either just play this through easier on my own and um and get to watch all the pretty movies or I'll have to just go out on YouTube and do it later. Like the Ghostbusters game. Uh, mm-hmm. I tried playing that one like normal the first time through and, and got stuck for quite a while and 
So I went back and played on, you know, the easy mode even says, it's like, if you just want to kind of see everything that's in this game, <laughs> play on this. Yeah, there's, uh, for the PS3 version, which is missing and annoying me really, really badly, the fact that it's missing, um, there are trophies, and you get trophies for playing it through on easy, you get trophies for playing it through on hard. Mm. You know, or it's a lot easier to get a specific trophy by playing it through on easy, i.e. not causing as much damage. Yeah. Whereas, if you play it through on hard, you get you can get the trophy for causing as much damage, which yeah. I kind of like the idea of, because <laughs> because you you do a lot of damage in the Sedgwick trying to catch oh, Slimer yes. again. Yes, that was you know part of the fun, anyways. So oh yeah, the top top of the damage in the movie. <laughs> Pretty much, I did, I did. Surprised the whole place didn't burn to the ground. Uh, <laughs> the the way I tackled the dining hall. Could be argued. Yeah, I was. I, you know, I'm in a game. I'm going to seek out other Ghostbusters to cross the streams with. See what happens. Got to do it. <laughs> I still like the fact that in the comics universe, the current series, your character from the Ghostbusters game is a character. <coughs> yeah. Um, he, he he's not there all the time, but he shows up occasionally because he works in Chicago. That's where those he's the ones based. you sent me. I haven't gotten to him yet. But. Yeah. Cool, cool. At least some of the ones I've sent you. I don't think I put all of them in there. They sent me like a one through four series and some flash that I've been diving into. Anyone else have any other resolutions? I will try to discover a new franchise that I enjoy that I don't already enjoy. You know, there's bound to be something out there that I would enjoy that I just haven't bought because I've got no kind of prior knowledge about it or... Yeah, I'm always finding inkling. stuff like that. It's like, you know... I mean... Cook, apocalypse cooking, you know... Yeah. Farming simulation? Sure, why not? <laughs> Part of the reason I, I continuously get the Humble Bundle uh, monthly thing is because yeah. it will throw me random games that I wouldn't normally necessarily buy or play. Yeah. So it kind of broadens my horizons just a little bit, game-wise. So I, I would like to find something... I'm going to keep delving into all these wonderful indie games I'm finding and, like, the retro, you know, 8-bit-looking and 16-bit-looking games. And it's not necessarily out of just preservation for my computer's graphic chip, which doesn't hurt, but... There's another uh, one from my wish list, Chroma Squad 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely on mine, too. Um, I think I'm almost about to finish that one, but I'm stuck on one of the later episodes. Um yeah, I'm loving stuff like that, man, and, and it's weird. It's it go all goes back to it doesn't matter how pretty your graphics are, you know, if if the gameplay is not there, it's just I don't know. It's just Fallout Four. I wasn't really that happy with. It, it looked like a lot more of the same, which was fine, which is what I wanted to see. It's like New Vegas and Fallout Three are just astounding looking games, but it was just. Just, uh, the action part of it just didn't do it for me anymore. Mm. And they try to stuff too much into that game. I didn't like the base building things like that. Just, just send me on a little quest through the apocalypse. That's all I need to do. I don't need to set up communities and shit. That should be the NPC's you know, job. <laughs> I'm supposed <laughs> to be the lone wanderer here. <laughs> that would also be cool. A kind of samurai type game like that. Where you're yeah, just actually, punching around... Helping people as a Japanese kind of martial artist of some kind. 
I just found one of those, too, that was like, I don't remember what it was called. It was Shogun something. Mark of the Shogun, or who knows. Oh. Um, but it was generally kind of like a Baldur's Gate thing with a, a samurai theme like that, um, which I played very briefly. Just tried a demo copy of it. But it looked like something I could definitely get into because I've always, always liked that genre and era, too. You got anything resolution-wise? No. I just wanted to run down a couple more of these uh, games coming out in 2017 that might interest some of our listeners. Um, kind of the big ones here. Uh, there's a Mass Effect Andromeda coming out. I only ever played Mass Effect 2, but it was amazing. I played all of them. They're rather yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, I kind of just I didn't bother with 3 because I had started reading reviews of it and apparently the horrible ending and they fixed yeah, that it's fine yeah let's <laughs> go yeah i'll get around to it and i'd like to play one eventually too but yeah just if it's anywhere near the quality of the first three it's one of those must-have things um resident evil 7 biohazard i couldn't care less but uh, it's if it got to seven somebody must love it you know essentially zombie survival horrible Death and etc. 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 Wonder if in Japan it's called Biohazard Resident uh, Seven Resident Evil. It might. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, because that that's what the games are called there. They're Biohazard, but they couldn't translate it over. I think I mentioned that yeah. last time. The name wise, too too many people had Biohazard as a name over in other countries. <laughs> Sorry. Here's one that just looked bonkers. That. It is coming out on the PC, but it says it's a 4x4 multiplayer brawler. But it pits, it's called uh, For Honor, pits knights, samurai, and vikings against one another in thrilling duels across chaotic battlefields. So, I mean, what more do you really need to know? (laughs) Samurai, knight, and vikings fighting each other. I'm in. As long as the sequel puts space in front of all of them. Yeah, sure. You know, Space why Vikings. Are there pirates in there. Yeah, there should be pirates in there. Well, that that's for the sequel. Then you have space pirates. Yeah. Speaking of pirate, there was a pirate game here too that I saw. What the heck was it? Oh, yeah, it's on my easy to read list here. So maybe I should go to that. Except <laughs> instead of a, uh, a big web page that has a whole bunch of distracting things all over it. Yes, Scalebound? No. Oh, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, the, uh, which just looked like another, you know, mad, like, GTA with pirates type thing. Open world, and I've always been a, a pirate game fan. Scalebound. It has dragons. It has, it has dragons, dragons, which is, you know, the, you had me at dragons. Um, <laughs> come on, website. And, yeah, essentially make a selection. Okay, my computer hates me. You team up with a dragon in that one? It's it's you and a dragon going around killing stuff. That's, yeah, and, that's, that's how you sell a game. Yeah, and the guy has, like, headphones and is wearing modern clothing for some reason, but who cares? Dragons. Yeah. And I'm assuming there's some riding of dragons and, and burning things up as dragons and other gargantuan beasts that you apparently fight, so... You can yeah. burn it at the countryside, burn it at the peasants, burn <laughs> yeah. it at all the people in their thatched cottages. Giant monsters in general of any sort, I'm in. Uh, 
Well, I spotted one Horizon Zero Dawn. Seemingly a post-apocalyptic type thing where now there are giant mechanized creatures roaming the land that you've got to kind of hunt and take down. Yeah. See, it's on just the PS4, too, you know. Oh, sorry. I thought it said it was PC as well. <laughs> We're allowed. They're, uh, I'm I'm still sure they're going to screw me on the Red Dead Redemption 2 thing. So I'm just... <laughs> I'm not, not going to get too upset over things that already tell me that they're not coming out for the PC. That's excusable, but when you promise and then take away... Bad Rockstar type people. It's, it's go time, yeah. <laughs> um, I think there was just one more I wanted to shout out. Vampire, spelled with, an, with a Y, as it should be, uh, looked pretty good, too. Um... You know, look, there hasn't, in my opinion, been a huge amount of great vampire games out there. Vampire the Masquerade, like Bloodlines, I think, did it the best. I've always kind of yeah. wanted a, a vampire RPG where you play the vampire because, you know, silly humans, no fun playing them. Uh, and this looked like it was pretty close, but it was one of those moral choices things that you could do. You could either become a blade-like good vampire or, you know, be the evil guy and, and suck the life out of all of London. So, Or be yeah, somehow kind of both with uh, Kian. Remember him from Legacy of Kian? Yeah, yes I do. Yeah, that was actually... What, a was he a hero or a villain? I'm still not sure. It was one of those, you know lesser evil things maybe yeah. oh, he didn't go there uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was a hero but I'm still not quite sure it's been ages I played I think like the second one um, oh I worked my way through all of them to try to like figure out the story down RPG thing <laughs> yeah uh, but I, what I liked is they made him the cane from like Cain and Abel cane didn't he didn't they <laughs> No, not really. He was a yeah. soldier. He was just a soldier or a prince who got infected one night whilst out uh, doing princely things and helping people. And right. then find out there was a big conspiracy with a whole bunch of vampires kind of controlling everything. And so he had to dig down. The... It's it's him against the vampire Illuminati, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's basically how it worked. And then they went on to other things. No, Which didn't involve that at all. Human. I want to see vampires versus humans, mostly. <laughs> Evil like that. Uh, there's a new Sarch, 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 South Park game coming out. Uh, the Fractured But Whole. Uh, I have not yet played the uh, the first one that came out a few years back. The, yes. The Stick of Truth or something, but I hear it's just yeah one of those must-have things for South Park fans or just... Yeah, I, I believe we got a version of that that was edited because apparently certain really? scenes were a little too graphic for for oh. over here. Yeah. Huh. So, if it's more of the CM, it should be interesting. It's interesting. You guys are seem to be tighter on that stuff than we are, and yeah, well, I don't know. Hey. Your TV is freer, but games seem to be more censored. It's it's strange. Yeah. That's because people are weird here. Yeah, we're... Uh, I think we have the monopoly on weird right now in my country, if you want to get mm-hmm. real provincial about it, but... No, not really. <laughs> you guys are a bunch of winners for leaders, too. How's Canada doing? Trudeau looks like a fun guy. I. Trudeau is a major step up, yeah. Yeah. He's... 
You're, he's the fun guy. He's the, the party spokesperson. He seems to be running the country by picking people who are really good at their jobs, putting them in charge of what they should be in charge of, and getting out of their way. That's what an amazing idea. Why can't we oh. ever figure that one out? It's such a massive upgrade over the guy who came before him, Stephen yes. Harper. He... His first year on the job, he decided that scientists who are getting government funding, which in Canada is virtually all of them, mm-hmm. could not speak directly to the press or anything. They had to go through a, a an official government spokesperson. And all of a sudden, no reports stating that humans were driving climate change were published in Canada. And it stayed that way for about nine years. Yeah. That was Trudeau in came in. Put a, That's about to happen here. <laughs> Yeah. Trudeau put in a new person as the science minister, and guess what she did day one on the job? She took the muzzle off. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how, yeah, one of the elections, uh, there was, like, you know, robots calling people saying, have you decided who you're voting for? If you told that robot you were voting that, yes, you had decided, and it wasn't for Harper? Then for some reason, uh, another robotic caller who was paid for from the same person would call you a week later, the day before the election, and say, oh, your election location has been moved to such and such. Uh-huh. We, we've had similar oh. interesting things happen here. Yeah, I mean, I, things I like that have happened, but for some reason, when they went to uh, the government and said, hey, we need to look into this, the prime suspect, a.k.a. Harper, did a preliminary investigation and decided it was just an honest mistake, no detailed investigation needs to occur, and stopped it, and... I was sitting like, what? That, no, the prime suspect doesn't get to decide whether or not he gets investigated. But. See, that's why the UK and Canada are some of our closest allies, because y'all understand <laughs> what we go through sometimes, because you guys have had some winners, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just the, the US cultural policy seems to do, you know, we'll do what everyone else does, but we're going to do it bigger. Mm-hmm. That's true as well. So we've had well, our re- issues, reading, but... reading Hellblazer for the first time, man. The, the <laughs> resounding lesson I got from that book so far is, man, Margaret Thatcher fucked you guys up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. As far as I'm aware, she uh, was not well liked. I'm not old yeah. enough to remember it, but I caught the tail end of it. Um, <clears throat> what what most of the kind of people of my age remember is she took our milk and uh, stuff away. Uh, it used to be in the mornings you got. Uh, bottle of milk in the primary schools, etc. I don't know if it continued to the secondary schools because it was taken away from them before I got that far. Yeah, so, uh, although it wouldn't have mattered to me because I'm not really allowed milk as a, as yeah. a thing. Um, I believe I was lactose intolerant or whatever as a kid. I was told I was allergic to milk, which is really confusing. Um, but I'm assuming it was just I'm lactose intolerant and that's how they're explaining it to the four or five year old. And yeah. you know, yeah. it's it's just easier to say that way. And uh, yeah, yeah, I might not be anymore. For all I know, I might have grown out of it. Friendlier yeah. than saying your government doesn't care if you starve. Yeah, you know. yeah, but yeah, they, they took the milk away. Honestly, if you didn't have milk when in secondary school because they took it away when you were in primary school, you didn't want to drink that milk anyway. Yeah. Well, the milk generally got left uh, next to the radiators, so I kind I kind of think I won. You know, milk probably. Although, do you guys? I haven't had a lot in the UK. I did spend six months in France and Switzerland. Do you guys have pasteurized milk or UHT? Almost. Uh, I believe it's pasteurized. Okay, that's that's way more drinkable. UHT stays longer before going yeah. bad. A lot of milk. Yeah. It. I. 
could not develop a taste for it. It just tasted burnt to me. See, so. I stick with uh, soy milk now because that's what I've got a taste for. I can't drink milk because I just don't like the taste of it unless it's got like a crap ton of chocolate mixed in with it yeah. and heated. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know, Scott, are you aware of the difference between pasteurized and UHT milk? Does this conversation make any sense to you? No, not really. So, okay. I. Yeah, it's I. I've never seen UHT in Canada. I learned about it in France. I, mean, I know when what I was pasteurized is, but I've never heard of UHT. It's ultra high temperature. So rather than use a, a long and detailed process to pasteurize the milk and get the microbes out, they just give it one quick blast of super intense heat that kills them all, and then they package and ship it with the dead microbes in it. So it goes a lot longer before it goes bad. But at least to me, it just tastes burnt. Hmm. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of picture they use a laser. Or microwave. Just, just yeah, for fun. Just. For fun, yeah, because milk is okay, you know, so lasers don't really... Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to get to the bottom of that. that. But Except skin, it's, it's though, more likely... It's just water that's lying yeah. that it's milk. Um, yeah. See, there you go, kids. Things are more Can fun you learn this. shit on this podcast or what? I mean, we got... Uh, physics and Final Fantasy physics and food <laughs> stuff going on. I'm pretty sure that any podcast Blian's on, you'd learn something new. Absolutely. Well, that's why I mean, I gotta give props for his uh, his his rundown of the, the Firefly comics and uh, still flying. That was some good stuff. Apologies, but I had to skip that because I think I'm going to read them at some point. Yeah, well, I, I yeah. just listened as far as I've read, and I, I haven't read, like, Shepherd's Tale yet, so I guess I have to wait on the last uh, last Still Flying episode. Yeah, those I'm left not sure behind. I can. Yeah, those I'm left behind is easy to point to. Shepherd's Tale, yeah. it, it feels like a collection of scenes that were supposed to be one scene at a time spread over six or seven seasons yeah. that would have worked really well if delivered that way. They don't work right. as well when they're shoved together into one graphic novel. I think I cheated and, and read the wiki page on it once <laughs> just to get the sense of the plot, and it didn't thrill me. Yeah. Shepard was always, yeah, I, if I ever learned his mystery, then it, I would have loved to have learned it slowly, and, and Serenity made it okay not to know where he came from for me, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, and Shepard... fan demand for it, so... Yeah, Shepard Book is one of those characters where, at least, like, reading that graphic novel, every scene you read changes your perspective on him. Yeah. yeah and it's running through that. his life story in reverse order. Yeah. So had each of those sequences been, you know, had it been one per season, you know, each year you'd go, oh, that's what's going on. Oh, that's really what's going on. Oh, that's really what's going on. And it was yeah. just another layer, another layer, another layer. When you get them all back to back to back in a graphic novel and in reverse order... There's no narrative reason to have them in reverse order other than, you know, that's the order that Joss Whedon intended you to learn this information. Right. But those scenes should have been a year apart as, you know, this big revelation and that big revelation. So realistically, it would have been every 13 episodes. Two per season. Yeah. Just because I don't know that they would have gone longer than a five season show. Well, we're, we're, you know, but yeah, jo this would have been, I'm sure that's Joss Whedon's outline and he would have condensed yeah. it if it didn't look like you, if he had enough notice that he wasn't going to get there. <laughs> yeah. I'm betting he'd have condensed it. Um, yeah. If he wasn't filming the nice, happy, snowy scene, sorry, nice, depressing, snowy scene yeah. uh, with all of the 
nice depressing people who are all happy that they are now leaving each other and yeah, well, yeah. it worked out well for that episode at least it, <laughs> you, you can tell that the performance is out of the cancellation yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah I've read uh, those left behind and I just finished uh, leaves on the wind and those were those were excellent so. yeah in, in some circles I'm not allowed to mention leaves and wind for some reason <laughs> yeah, no yeah it still hurts yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure I can listen to that uh that last podcast because of my heart is going to break when when Paul starts talking about the wash kebab I'm sure yeah. how do Reavers clean oh, their weapons yeah. yeah yeah one of the guys on uh, I keep him flying was waiting 14 episodes to tell that joke yeah, <laughs> yeah when they get there there's actually two or three jokes along those lines I don't want to get yeah. into too much more detail in case people listening to this have been avoiding the spoilers on that uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to a special hell for using the term wash kebab. Um, yes. That's okay, because Christina Hendricks will be there. Uh, anywho, no counsels for old men. <laughs> uh, I guess that's it, folks. Anybody got anything else? Uh, don't Thanks so. for having me on. I appreciated it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. This is kind of chaotic, Blaine. Uh, <laughs> we would definitely love to have you back. Uh, as I said, we have to do a Final Fantasy show. Because uh, yeah. it's just one of the staples of gaming, oh. and I want to cover stuff like that. And so you guys are my guys, you know, that I don't think I'll find anyone who can probably talk in length about it as much as you two already have. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm the guy. Uh, yeah, if any listeners out there yeah, if any listeners out there are uh, playing Record Keeper, my, uh, my friend code is 9 capital K capital S number 6. If you want to pull on a level 99 Aerith roaming warrior with her burst soul break and a 435 mount mind stat. Oh, and who the hell wouldn't, I <laughs> guess. Um, <laughs> I should, I should probably check what mine is. Uh, hey, if we're going to share yours, may as well share mine. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have uh, lightning up at the minute um, and one of her breaks, I can't remember which one, but that was the first one I got. The kind of first soul break I got for any of my characters okay. uh, so I just liked it and I think that no I switched it to Eris because it had the what do you call it it had the bring everyone back to life after they die move yeah the yeah. re-raise which which you think she would use more you know for, for reasons um yeah let's just say she gets washed um so yeah <laughs> sorry Quite all right. Um, it's just taking me a while to find this. <laughs> what other? Uh, you say you do some other podcasts on another network? I, I do. Yeah, I do. For bureau42.com, I've got a bi-weekly X-Files show. That's every other Tuesday. The last Wednesday of every month, I've got a comic book physics show where I teach physics in the contest of comic books. Oh, I would listen uh, to that. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a bedtime in the public domain series that just started. So each day or each weekday. Monday through Friday, there's a chapter of a book, and then when it wraps up, the next book starts the following Monday. It ends with an audiobook version. So far, we've done Wonderful Wizard of Oz, uh, the story of Dr. Doolittle, and then, as of the time of this recording, uh, it's a few days away, but as of December 19th, I'm going to be doing a Christmas Carol, because that was five parts, so that's going to run from the 19th to the 23rd with the complete audiobook on the 24th. Cool. And then Silver Screen Superheroes, where I go through superhero movies, just wrapped up on Wednesday after 48 episodes. 
And then starting on the 14th of January, every month on the 14th, it'll be an episode of Make Me Watch It, where I podcast about one of the movies in my collection I haven't watched yet as voted by listeners. So listeners tell me what to watch. So January 14th, it's going to be starting with uh, the original Doctor Who movie that had Peter Cushing as the Doctor from sweet 1960s. What's the uh, web address on this again? Just Bureau42.com, or you can search for my name, Blaine Dowler, on iTunes or Stitcher, and you'll find me all over there. Excellent, man. Well, that's a prolific body of work. That's <laughs> good stuff. How do you, so many people have time for all this and have lives, too? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them I did in advance. There's uh, You can actually still find the old feeds for Doctor Who 50 and 50, where I did 50 daily podcasts about Doctor Who ending on the 50th anniversary. And I started recording those about six months in advance. And then I also did the uh, unofficial 75 Greatest Marvels Countdown podcast when Marvel put out that list of the 75 best Marvel stories that the listeners voted on. Yeah, nice. I already had 73 of them between my Marvel Unlimited subscription and the GateCorp DVD ROMs and whatnot. So when I saw the list, there was number 74 was on the shelf in the comic book shop. You could order number 75, so I got them all and then... Every week I was joined by a different co-host to talk about each of the stories on that list. So Sweet. That one's over. It wrapped up in June of 2016 here, but it was easily the most popular podcast on the networks. And all 75 episodes of that are still available. Because I have been looking for new stuff to read on my Marvel Unlimited, so I have to read through those and listen along. David, are you doing anything else these days? Not currently, just really here. Uh, apparently, my old show has disappeared off the internet because um, apparently you have to continue to pay for stuff in order for it to kind of stay there. Oh, which, God, you have copies of everything? Oh, yeah, I've got copies somewhere, but oh. it's just I didn't notice until September that it had dropped off in April. So, yeah. oops. <laughs> but, yeah, mostly here and occasional uh, appearances on other shows, just guesting. Um, and that's about it. Sweet. All right, gentlemen, if there's nothing else, uh, both of y'all have a happy holidays, obviously. You too. Dave, did you find your Record Keeper friend code? Yes. Um, it is... One sec. It began with Q. Uh, QJFD. If you want to be re-raised by Aerith, which kind of sounds... Slightly suggestive, but you know. QJFD? Leave it there. Yep. Okay, because I'm searching for that. It's coming up invalid friend ID. Are they all capitals or some lowercase? Oh, one is a, uh, the Q is a capital plus. I think you're already. Do you not already have me on there? Unless I, I, I for other things. I should, but I do have a habit of clearing anyone who hasn't played in a week. So. Oh. I shouldn't have been deleted then. That's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, capital Q. And then JF. It's only eight days, Blaine. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're you're still on mine. Uh, four hours ago, last played level eighty, the pulse of life soul break with a mind stat of three thirty. Yeah, something like that. Yep, Greek to me, guys. But <laughs> I'm I'm in awe. <laughs> and this is right where I play the the um, Revenge of the Nerds uh, clip too. But <laughs> oh yeah. Nerds. Keep in mind, I am the guy that actually sent Dave a link to my Google Drive spreadsheet with all of my Soul Break gear sorted by yeah. character and Soul Break type. I've got 172 pieces now. Wow. Three overstrikes. Oh, so. 
Uh, I, you guys are making me glad I never got into that franchise. I just, wow, too many other complicated things I do in the gaming world. That's why I love this show, though, man. I, I, I feel, you know, I have such a, I, I play a shit ton of games, but it's like I still keep finding all these other things, these beloved properties. Like, I never played any of the Metal Gear. I never played a lot of things that a lot of people love. And so that's, that's my main goal for this show is to get us all together and discover each other's worlds. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's another No Councils for Old Men. I'm going to be hopefully pumping this one up before the holidays. So I will wish everyone again happy holidays if you all do that kind of thing. And our email address is nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. Email us with suggestions, complaints, angry you know, letters, whatever, pictures, game suggestions, uh, show suggestions would always be welcome because then we don't have to think of them. And thinking is hard. And that's it for David Walker and Blaine Dowler. I'm Scott McGregor. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. And click that Amazon link. We got bills to pay. <laughs> Bye now. You've been listening to No Councils for Old Men on the Two True Freaks Podcasting Network. No Councils for Old Men is brought to you by Scott McGregor and David Walker. If you'd like to email us with feedback or show ideas, you can do so at nocouncilsforoldmen at yahoo.com. <laughs>